is Craig. Let's welcome him this right. morning. Well, it's good to be with you again. Uh, I uh, am currently up in Lawton, Michigan, uh, filling in at a church while they uh, look for a new pastor. So it takes me about an hour and 15 minutes. Jan and I drive up every Sunday morning, and then we drive back that evening. So I was thinking about the fact that up in Lawton, uh, they, uh, they know me, but they don't really know me. Now, here in the Bremen area, you kind of know me. I mean, I live on Miami Road, and I've had people before tell me, I see them during the week, they say, hey, I saw you speeding the other day, you know, <laughs> things like that, or I just got my blacktop sealed. About two or three people have said, hey, I saw your blacktop got sealed. And uh, so you live in this community. We're going to talk about modeling today. As a matter of fact, uh, I think there's a picture here. Is it up of, yeah, there it is, of... Uh, I'm teaching up in Lawton a series out of the book of Titus, and uh, Paul writes to Titus, and this is an artist's depiction of uh, Paul and Titus, or perhaps Paul and Timothy, and, and Paul being the aged Paul, you can see there, I, I love that picture, you know, he's got his, his face to the wind, he's still at it, he's an intense guy, he's got his finger pointed forward and his hand over his heart. He's on a mission for Jesus, and there's this young guy that's uh, the, the disciple, and uh, he's going with him, but boy, he's praying. Because when you travel with Paul, strange things happen. You're on a big adventure. Paul was a discipler. Paul was a model. Uh, to our knowledge, he was not a literal biological father, but he certainly was a spiritual father. Um, this morning, I actually am decreasing the passage that I was going to teach. I was going to teach Titus chapter... Two verses 7 and 8, but we're only going to do 7 uh, part A of it. And actually, I'm going to ask you to memorize it here. All we're going to study, and if you want to turn to the book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 7, it says this, and uh, this may be small, but it's power-packed. And it says this, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And that's what we're going to study. And actually, uh, as we walk through it, I hope that by the time we get out of here, you would say, uh, I have that memorized. Show yourself. You know, I can't really show myself up in Lot, Michigan. They, uh, they don't know that I sealed my blacktop or I was speeding down the road or, or worse yet. Listen to this. Uh, boy, you hope your reputation precedes you in this. I went to this new Aldi's down here. I guess they fixed it up. But if you go down there, you're going to see that the upper parking lot uh, kind of goes down and then it's lower. Well, I parked down here and I was getting out and here came a grocery cart down, a, uh, down the hill and was going to hit the car right beside me. So being a good man of good works, I reached out and grabbed that grocery cart. And this happened, as it always does, like in a second. I looked up, and here was an elderly woman that was putting her groceries in her, the back of her car. She had just finished. She didn't realize that cart had taken off. Well, she looks down, and she sees me, and I didn't know that her purse was in that cart. Now, there's other people out in the Aldi's parking lot. She starts yelling, don't steal my purse. Don't steal my purse. <laughs> and these people are all looking, you know, <laughs> I looked, I looked up and I said, ma'am, I'm not, don't steal my purse. And she's coming down there. I said, 
I said aloud, so here I said, lady, your grocery cart rolled across the parking lot, and I saved it from hitting this car. And she comes up and looks at me and says, don't steal my purse. I almost left Aldi's thinking, you know, I'm going to go in, they're going to have the police after me or something. What I did pray for was this. Hey, if any of those people know me, they'd know Pastor Clapper's lived in this community 30 years and not yet have we heard of him stealing an old lady's purse. <laughs> what made it worse, I tell Jan this, and that night on TV they had a special on purses being stolen at grocery stores. <laughs> and to be careful, I thought if that lady saw that, she'll know I'm the guy, she'll turn me in. We show ourselves, and in a home, we're going to make application to fathers, but this is actually to a pastor on an island, Titus. Show yourself. Be a part of the community. Don't hide in an office. Don't hide behind it. Sure can't hide at home. Be present. Show yourself in all respects. Now, that's pretty wild, isn't it? That means... In and out of the house, in and out of work, in and out of the church. Show yourself totally in all respects to be a model, a pattern, an example of good works. You know, uh, it's amazing to me, and I hadn't seen this till I studied it. In this brief little book of Titus, no, if, of 46 verses, no less than seven times works are mentioned. Six times, good works. One time, uh, not being, not, that we're not producing good works. Now, we live in a culture that, I think rightfully so, says that our works do not save us. And Titus is going to say that as well. However, I don't think in our culture we live at a time where it says, however, if you are saved by grace, now you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works that you may walk in them. We're going to look at every reference that is mentioned about these good works. Now, we're going to skip ahead, and we're going to look at chapter 3, verse uh, um, 5, I think it is. Yes. Uh, if you want to turn there, chapter 3, verse 5, where it says this. He saved us, that's that amazing grace, not because of good works done in righteousness, that would be our righteousness, but according to his mercy, he saved us. So it's extremely important that we get that here because our, our nature is to think that we earn things and grace is somewhat an affront to us that we couldn't earn it. And that's what it says here. He saved us. We don't save ourselves. Not according to our works, not by somehow pleasing God, but it was totally by his mercy. So I would say one of the things about good works is we need to pass it on, and this would certainly be true of fathers and all of us, as we show ourselves to be an example of good works, we express the same mercy that we've received. We, uh, we forgive as Christ hath forgiven us. So wherever we're modeling, but today we're saying particularly in the home for fathers, uh, we pass on that mercy. We're, we're merciful because we have received mercy. 
And we're modeling that in our own homes and, and in our jobs. And just as we go through life in everything, we pass on mercy because he's been so merciful to us. So first of all, we establish the fact that we don't earn this. But uh, that's not the first time this word good works is mentioned. If you look at chapter 1, verse 16, let's look there. It speaks about people who profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They profess, but they don't possess. <laughs> you have to possess. You need, you, you, you need to produce some fruit that would give... Uh, Acknowledgement to the fact that you are real. They make a good profession, and boy, uh, it's one thing to say you're a Christian. It's another thing to be one. Uh, but there should be a production, a, a proof of that. Or we actually shouldn't call ourselves one. You know, uh, I notice uh, this time of year, if a field is doing really well, they tend to put signs out the seed companies that tell what seed you're using. And they're kind of bragging, you know, look how good this corn's looking, this, these beans. That, this is the, the corn and the beans. But I've also noticed that if they're doing real poorly, you never know what seed was used. They don't advertise, do they? They're not going to put out, look at this lousy crop. This is my seed from such DeKalb or whatever uh, seed company. No, they don't do that. Well, then we too, if we're not going to produce any fruit, it's saying don't, po don't profess it then. Don't profess to be a person who knows God, it says, unless you're going to have some proof of it by your life. So, so far we've looked at the fact we ought to pass on this, this grace, this mercy that we've received, and that's... Part of what a father does, or all of us, as we said, an example. And then we also produce fruit that's good works. But then in chapter 2, verse 14, look at this passage. God says he wanted to create a people that are zealous for good works. Zealous. That means they pursue it. They're after it. Um, they're looking for ways to help. As a matter of fact, this person, a common expression might be, how can I help? The word zealous means to be boiling over. It's one thing to respond to a need. It's another thing to see a need and to pursue it. This person's helpful. This person, as it uh, says in other places, they, they pursue hospitality in the, book, in the book of Romans. And this word hospitality, do you know that doesn't mean just your house? It means you. You're pursuing being personable and welcoming with people. So a person that's a good model that's showing themselves to be a model of good works is one that you realize isn't just responding. They're initiating. They go after it. They're zealous over it. They're looking for ways to help. And then in chapter 3, verse 1, it says that God, uh, or rather Paul tells uh, Titus, that God is looking for a people that are ready for good works. Ready for it. That means they prepared. So a person 
of good works actually prepares ahead of time to be able to help out in case a need arises and needs will arise. We all have certain resources. We have time, we have talents, and we have treasures. So some people with time, uh, their life is busy. We ought to set aside some time. And uh, time to, um, to meet a need. Time to talk to that person that really needs somebody to talk to. You know, not long ago, um, I was at Martin's Grocery Store. Didn't steal any old ladies' purses there. And uh, I ran into a, a gentleman that was going to retire, or has now, Scott Bovenkirk, who was a local football coach. And uh, so we were chatting there at Martin's. It was good to see him and vice versa. And he said to me, he said, I'm going to retire soon. What's, what's the difference? I said, I'll tell you the difference, Scott. I said, if I was still working, I would be real nice to you. But inside, I'd be churning because I'd think, I got to get somewhere. I got to do something. I got an agenda today. I said, today, I have more time. I said, I call this the relaxed genes life where I've got a little more room. You know, I'm not upset because I ran into somebody at the grocery store that might want to talk. We need to have, actually, some margin in life. Otherwise, we're short with people. Otherwise, our kids, as a father, we're short with them. We need to have some margin and not have our schedule so full that we feel like we do when we're in those jeans that are about two sizes too small. <laughs> Life's too tight. I'm irritated. I got to get on with my agenda. Don't fill your schedule up so full. Leave some room for others. Um, your time, your talents. Everybody knows how to do something that somebody else doesn't know how to do. <laughs> and uh, they might not even realize how important it is. But believe me, if, um, if you know how to do stuff, particularly, say, uh, handyman type stuff, and you have some knowledge of it, um, that to somebody that's not gifted that way, that's an immense gift. Don't overlook small things. Time, talents. Uh, and then your treasures. I, I really believe that we ought to set aside some, some money that's set aside to meet needs that weren't planned. And therefore, we can, we can respond to it and not feel, oh, no, I don't, I don't have anything, or actually not have anything. Now, usually we have a little more something than what we think. We just, it's not our priority. You did hear about the, the uh, farmer. The pa pastor went to visit him because they were going to, uh, they are building on the church. And he said, listen, he said, uh, if you, if you have, a, he said, could you sell a cow and, and uh, give the money to the church? He said, pastor, I don't have a cow. He said, could you sell your uh, pig, uh, pig and give the money to the church for the building. He says, I don't have a pig. He said, could you sell your horse? He said, that's not fair. You know I have a horse. <laughs> you know. Um, but what would it look like if we really did set aside some money for these type of occasions and then in the mail we get that letter from that kid that's going on that missions trip? then we would be glad to respond rather than, oh, no, I can't help out. 
because we've set that aside in some time, some treasures, some talents, and think, well, I can help out in these ways. These are people that are prepared to do good works. And then in chapter 3, verse 8, it says, those who have believed in God are to devote themselves to good works. This devotion here, that's a, that prioritizes it. It means that I've really thought this through, and that's what I'm about. I'm a person that is God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that I ought to walk in them. And I'm going to. I'm going to devote myself to doing good deeds. You know, interestingly, in early Christian cemeteries, um, they found a very common expression written on the headstones. Do you know what it is? A lover of good deeds. A lover of good deeds. A person who just loved to do good. Um, which brings up, uh, not too long ago I read this great book by David Brooks. He's a uh, political pundit that you'll see on TV. He's Jewish, but he's coming to faith. But it's called The Road to Character, and in it, he, he, the, the opening page was worth the price of the book. He says this, my whole life, I have pursued resume virtues, those things that would advance me up the ladder of success. He said, but lately, since I've entered his 60s, he says, uh, I've switched. From now on, I'm going to work at eulogy virtues. What I want them to t say about me around my grave. Now, it's too bad he waited until he was that old for the, to do that, but we really uh, ought to pursue that. Devote ourselves to good deeds. Those things we want said about us around our grave. What would people say? Work on those type of virtues. They've devoted themselves to good deeds. And sometimes good can be the enemy of the best or the excellent. Think this through. We uh, were just out in Colorado where our son lives, and his daughter, uh, one of his daughters, Micaiah, is really a good softball player. And she's on a traveling league. And uh, they're good. And we went clear down to Colorado Springs about three hours to uh, watch her play a couple of softball games. And uh, that was fun. However, uh, she, uh, I heard this conversation take place with my son and one of the coaches. My son had told me that she told them, and they made, they, they made this statement ahead of time, if I join this travel league, you need to know that I don't play Sunday mornings. I, I, uh, I go to church on Sunday mornings. Well, she's good, so they all nodded their heads yes. And she said another thing. I'm going to go to Haiti on a missions trip, which she's on right now. And they all nodded their head, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then one of the coaches came and started to give her a really hard time over this. And she said, well, we, we had this arrangement when I came in. Yeah, but look what you're doing to the team. You're not being faithful to the team. Now, that does put you in a dilemma. Uh, 
But I overheard this conversation where a fellow coach, uh, assistant coach, came up, sat beside my son, and he said, hey, listen, he said, I heard what that other coach said to Micaiah, and he said, I just want you to know that, uh, that that's wrong. We don't feel that way. He said, I, myself, am going on a missions trip this summer and made that arrangement that I wouldn't be here for that time. She had set a priority. She had devoted herself to this particular work, and they made the agreement. We, we sometimes need to think things through and say, okay, what, what's going to really be my priority? And, um, you know, sometimes I think the best thing you can do for your own children, this, this may uh, startle some people, is to say to that child or that grandchild, I would really like to go to your ball game tonight, but I can't because I have a different priority that's more important. Not more important than you, but more important than your game. And it could be, I have to go to the hospital and visit someone. I need to do this or that for the kingdom of God. First of all, I think it makes that little child realize, I'm not God. <laughs> the whole world doesn't revolve around me. But also is modeling to that child priorities. That the most important thing in this world is not my baseball game. It's very important that you're there, so don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I do think they need to see that dad's about something bigger than this. My dad's about the kingdom of God. He has some priorities that are even larger than that and uh, might give the family a little um, elbow room in life too. And then in chapter 3, verse 14, we see it mentioned again. He's closing off the letter, and he's getting very practical. And good works are very practical. When I send Artemis to, or Tychicus to you, do your best, work hard at it, to come to me at Nicopolis. For I have decided to spend the winter there. What he's saying is, I'm going to mess with your schedule. <laughs> now, people don't really know for sure where Paul was here. Uh, or where this Nicopolis is, because there's several of them. But I think we could rest assured, especially in that culture, it was a long, arduous journey. I want you to make a long trip, for I've decided to spend the winter there. Do your best, once again, to speed Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing. Oh, man, this is going to take time, talents, and treasures. And let our people learn to devote themselves, there it is again, to good works, so as to help in cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. Huh. Urgent needs and not be unfruitful. We don't know all the details here, but it was traveling arrangements. And those were costly in that day, too. And uh, do your best. You got to provide housing and travel expenses for these people that are about the kingdom of God. And do, do all these real practical things so that you're showing good deeds. Show yourself to be a model, an example. Set a pattern of good works. And... Uh, 
what's interesting, in that culture, um, dad didn't pack it up and go to work for eight, ten hours a day. Most of our history, most of history, uh, people lived in little communities, and they were around each other all the time, had a lot of accountability. They were showing themselves to the community. They couldn't hide out. And the, the whole family saw them all the time as well. And discipleship was actually just teaching, show and tell. That's like Joseph teaching Jesus to be a carpenter, like Elizabeth teaching Mary how to be a mother, I believe. And um, we, uh, Paul's parents teaching Paul how to be a tent maker. Paul teaching Timothy and Titus how to be a pastor. It was, it was show and tell, not just tell, show and tell. You know, yesterday I saw a great model of this, and it just reminded me of what cultures used to be where we're not training like in life. But I, uh, yesterday I went down to Joe's Engine Shop on Plymouth uh, Goshen Road just uh, off of 6 there. And if you've ever been there before, you know that Joe is Amish. And uh, the other thing, if you've ever gone in there, Joe isn't in there by himself. His kids will wait on you. His wife will wait on you. And uh, it's quite a place. It's like walking into, uh, as a matter of fact, yesterday, there were several other Amish guys there, and they were all talking in that Pennsylvania Dutch. I don't have any idea what they were saying, but I know what they were about because I saw, said to the kid who was waiting on me, I said, man, you closing down or something? You don't have any lawnmowers. The whole uh, place, they were all removed in their big showroom there. He said, no, we have church here tomorrow. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. And I said, uh, we talked a little bit about it's every other week, and they changed locations. So they, they moved all that out. Guess who moved it all out? The kids, mom and dad, the neighbors all come in and move all that stuff out. It's going to be a lot of work. But what I love was the little kids are running around there. It's show and tell. They're watching what their parents do. Watching them do good work. So dads in particular, but all of us, in our lives, God wants us to be out and about. He doesn't want pastors that drive an hour and 15 minutes up to Lawton, Michigan, and could fool people. Uh, they probably don't know I steal people's purses down here in South Bend, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, there's this uh, great passage on show and tell. But, uh, in the book of uh, Kings, it says that Azariah followed in his in the ways of his father Joash who did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. Huh. Azariah watched his father and he walked in the ways of God because his father Joash was walking in the ways of the Lord. Now if you read the whole passage, they weren't perfect and none of us are going to get it together perfectly. Paul actually said, follow my example because I follow Christ. But that same Paul said, hey, I don't count myself yet to have apprehended. Forgetting the past, I strive on. We're all going to misstep. We're all going to fail, particularly in the house. Show yourself in the house and out of the house, in church and out of the church, 
to be a model, a pattern of good works. Huh. Now, I'm sure you've had this same experience I've had. Went down to a grandson's graduation party or in graduation ceremony in Crawfordsville, uh, Indiana. And if you live down there, they call it Crawtucky because you're getting down south. And uh, the, the ceremony just amazed me. The, uh, the principal prayed in Jesus' name. The senior class president prayed in Jesus' name. The valedictorian uh, quoted the book of Deuteronomy, and the, and the superintendent of schools got up and quoted C.S. Lewis and said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. And that was all good. But then they had the, uh, another speaker get up, and uh, he did what you typically hear at these graduation ceremonies. And you've heard it. Uh, you can be anything you want to be. I, that, that bothers me so much, I almost want to stand up and yell, that's not true. <laughs> I couldn't be an Olympian if I want. I couldn't outrun a bear to save my life. <laughs> that's just a crazy statement, you know. You bet you hear it all the time. And then, you're the generation that's going to get this right. You're going to, you're going to fix this world. <laughs> it's like, no, they're not. <laughs> they said that about me, and I've messed it up. <laughs> and so have you. But uh, it's always, you're, you're going to do great things. Go out there, dream big dreams. Turn the world upside down. No. You know what I'd like to say? Just, just think in practical ways. You know, the, the Jews have something I really love. Uh, every morning, the men gather together to pray together. And as they leave to go to work for the day, they say, tikkun olam, tikkun olam. Do you know what it means? Let's go fix the world. Let's go do repair work on the world. Now, if you ask any one of those Jews... Do you expect to fix this world today? They say, no, no, I'm going to do something. Something small, but it's important. I might do a small thing, but it's repairing the world. Now, we understand that Jesus redeemed the world, and Jesus is going to restore this world. Between now and then, he expects us to fix things. Pull weeds. You know, we live in a cursed world, but what do we do? We pull weeds in, out of the garden. And sometimes we can get a little patch looking pretty good, but we can do something that's important today. I like that lady, uh, Dorcas. She died. Peter came, and it says, all the widows were standing around weeping and showing Peter all the things she had made for the, them, the widows, while she was still with them. <laughs> but now she's dead. Now, in that story, you know, Peter raised her from the dead. Now, that doesn't usually happen. But she did it while she was with them. And we don't know how long we're going to be around. So we better get around to it now. <laughs> and then I love what it says in the book of Acts about Jesus. Peter said, this Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by the Holy Spirit and went around doing good. Huh. You look at the Gospels, Jesus just seemed to be walking around doing 
doing good things and healing people and so forth, but he was doing good things. Tikkun olam, he was about it. You know, as I was uh, coming back from that graduation party down in Crawfordsville, I heard a, a song on the radio I'd never heard before. And I think it's fairly new. And if he planned it to come out in May, that was real smart. But it was exactly what I was thinking about. A Christian song called Dream Small. Have you heard this song? We're going to uh, play it here for a moment. And, uh, but think about it. And when, as you're thinking about it, think of the ways this week that you could be showing a model of good deeds and doing good things in very small ways that the world might not notice. You're not going to change the world, but you're going to do tikkun olam. You're going to move it a little bit in the right direction because that's what God called us to. So, dream small. Let's watch the video. It's a mama singing songs about the Lord It's a daddy spending family time The world says he cannot afford These simple moments change the world It's a pastor at a tiny little church Forty years of loving on the broken and the hurt These simple moments change the world Jesus, use you where you are, one day at a time. Live well, loving God and others as yourself. Find little ways where only you can help. With His great love, a tiny rock can make a giant fall. Dream small.
Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we looked at just this small little passage. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And Father, I pray that we wouldn't overlook the small things. We would see them as 